every single square inch of your resume has to have the highest impact vocabulary, skills. Uh, you are selling yourself. If it's not high impact, high priority, get it out of there. People new into the IT industry, typically you're only going to have like your certifications or your degree even. And they try to put that first. I am telling you guys, on average, from what I've seen, your degree means jack squat. Put it on the second page or, or put Absolutely. it at the bottom. Your projects, your work experience, and your... Are you guys ready to be inspired? Because I have a feeling today's guest is about to blow your mind. Today, our guest went from absolutely zero IT experience to being able to land a cybersecurity analyst role all in nine months. And he's going to share his journey and advice with us today. You definitely want to get a notepad and a pen out for this one, guys. So without any further ado, please welcome David to the show. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you, Dakota. How you guys doing? Awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time. Let's just dive right on in and talk about how did you do it? I got started in IT in general uh, back in October of 2022. Um, I still very, very freshly remember what it's like uh, just being a complete noob and not knowing or understanding anything in IT. So first things first was I, I needed to gain, my, uh, you know, gather my bearings. So what do I mean by that? When you're first trying to enter into IT, you don't know what you don't know. Meaning like I didn't even know what jobs were available or all the different subsectors and niches of IT. So I went on a Google and YouTube uh, research and, and video watching spree. Um, you know, channels like yours, KevTech, uh, Josh Matacor, tons of tons of more um, about just what was really out there, what's possible and what's kind of the best routes to get into IT. And through my research, I, you know, this isn't going to work for everyone. Everyone's life situation is different. But through my research, I saw that getting certifications uh, was one of the best routes and, and, and it worked for me. So back in August of last year, 2022, you know, I, I saw that getting the CompTIA A plus and then getting into a help desk position made a lot of sense to just get into IT and start working IT and making an IT paycheck. Uh, so I did that. I, uh, I, I slammed CompTIA A plus in about two to three weeks. Um, a week later after, you know, That's getting crazy. your resume together. Yeah. Getting your resume together. Um, you know, I had to do research on how to write a resume. It's, it's been months, if not years, uh, since I've written a resume and like to make it impactful. But um, after applying, I got reached back out to a week later and uh, the off letter was sent um, for an IT support position. So that is the intro of how I got into IT. Uh, that was October of 2022. And then it was nonstop upskilling from there. Uh, I followed quite a bit of a CompTIA path, Network Plus, Security Plus, and then CISA. Um, I got some cloud certifications as well, both the entry of AWS, the Certified Cloud Practitioner, but then also the Microsoft AZ 900, uh, Microsoft Azure Fundamentals. Um, and I, you know, if you actually look at the timeline that I did this in, I got about eight certifications in about like six and a half months. It's, you know, That's you do crazy. the math and it's like, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> yeah. a new certification like every, every month. Um, and I don't recommend this, but this is just like a little fun fact. I scheduled and took 
two certs in one day before. Uh, the the SISA and the AZ900, both in the same day. I don't recommend that at all. It was very exhausting, and I had to take like a midday nap. But um, I can imagine. I did that, um, and then constantly working IT support, IT support, getting upskilling. I got reached back out to the whole time, like since like February, March, I'm getting reached out to nonstop because, you know, I'm applying. Um, if you guys don't already know, as you start getting certifications and you put your resumes on these job boards, uh, you get hit up nonstop by recruiters. Um, kind of funny, kind of annoying as well, but they're, they're reaching out to me for yeah. IT support positions. And it's like, I'm already doing that. And it's, it's even worse when they're offering you positions that are like inferior to your current role. It's like, why would you think I would just leave my current role just to do a sidestep? And it's not even like a, you know, a, an actual gain for, for me. But um, it wasn't until June of this year of 2023 that um, about three companies reached out to me all in the same week, two banks and one asset management company. Um, I'm not with them now. I don't got any NDA, so I, I should be able to disclose this. Um my current company, Customers Bank, uh, a second uh, second bank, uh, Republic Bank. Is it Republic Bank? I think it's Republic Bank. <laughs> and then BlackRock, and, uh, an asset management company. I didn't know what BlackRock was at the time, but uh, they're actually freaking huge. Um, yeah, those three reached out to me all kind of in the same time frame of about a week. And it's, it's funny because it's like I'm scheduling my, my interviews while I'm on the clock at my IT help desk support, uh, support role, but it's like I had to like go on lunch break, clock out, and go do my my interview. <laughs> so um, yeah, that after doing the rounds of interviews, uh, both with the you know the recruiter, the recruiter first touch is is very easy and simple, but uh, it's it's finally when they send your resume back to the hiring manager and they get you get to schedule with the hiring manager. It's like okay, game's on. Um, not, now I actually got to really sell myself and, uh, yeah. you know, start doing interview prep for these, for these questions. Cause you just don't really know what to expect, whether it's going to be just behavioral psychological questions to see if like you're a good team fit, or if it's really going to be like technical questions as well. Cause you know, especially me, I got all these certifications on my, on my resume. Cause so it's like, this guy better know what, what he's talking about. Um, luckily for me, that did not that was not the case too, too much. Uh, my current employer, they were quite generous and um, prepared to, when they say entry level, they were kind of true to it. And I say kind of because if you guys don't already know, cybersecurity is not an entry level um, field. It, it, it just is not. Yeah. And to elaborate on what I mean by that is I truly don't think any organization has the time, energy, or money to really sit you down as a complete entry-level green person and like teach you what an IP address is, what a subnet mask is, uh, what what's the difference between a domain and a work group. These organizations don't have the time, money, and, and energy to do that. So, you know, it's frustrating when you're a, a beginner trying to get into cybersecurity and you see all these TikToks and Instagrams and, and YouTube channels of people just kind of selling you the Kool-Aid and the marketing of like, Oh my God, here's how to get into cybersecurity and make six figures in six months. And it's like, you know, you, you, it sounds great. You're like, yeah, sign me up. And then you start doing the work and you realize like, 
holy crap, there's a lot of work to do. And also, as I'm doing the work, you know, I got the trifecta, the, you know, uh, A plus network plus security plus in like three months. And my email inbox and my phone was completely dead, completely silent. And it's like, what happened? Like, I, I thought I thought I made it. You know, I got the trifecta. Like, where, where's my where's my cybersecurity analyst offer? So, um, yeah, cybersecurity is you can get an, an entry level role, but cybersecurity in and of itself is not entry level. You have to understand and learn. And I'm sorry, but you, you have to self teach yourself a lot. One hundred percent. Absolutely. And that's why it was very I'm very happy and very grateful of the research that I did about getting into IT support first. Because, um, you know, obviously it, it allowed me to be in an enterprise environment, uh, get my hands on, you know, doing the typical password resets and, and customer service, but truly working with Azure, Azure AD, Active Directory, you know, the local side, and just really giving me time and money to continue to upskill while I was learning all the, all the general cybersecurity, all the conceptual uh, vocabulary even uh, as we know, CompTIA is not very technical hands-on at all, but I, I, I'm telling you now that I am, I made it to the other side and I'm, I'm at an organization doing cybersecurity. I'm a cybersecurity analyst. Dude, we have these meetings and if I didn't do all the CompTIA certifications and, and learn the conceptuals, I would be completely lost in the sauce at these meetings and I wouldn't be able to be an asset. <laughs> so it's, it's two prong of like, Yes, you you, do, you have to learn the conceptual basics, but realize that you're, you're only halfway there. And now you also have to learn the, the hands-on technical skills, hands-on keyboard, so to speak. So it, it's, it's kind of funny because it's like it's been a short, quick journey for me. Like objectively, not many people get into cybersecurity in eight, nine months. But at the same time, all the work I've done and it feels like it's been a long journey as well. Sorry for the long but- rant. <laughs> oh no no no! That's I I think that paints a good picture about about your journey. And I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into it and backtrack for a second. What made you decide to get into cybersecurity? What what interests you the most about the field? This is going to be the lamest, most cliche answer, but it was <laughs> financial. It definitely was financial. My sister uh, went military first. She went to the army reserve, and then you know she was doing um, IT help desk. She grew up through the ranks and um, started doing the cybersecurity. And now she's like, you know, uh, government security clearance, government contracting. She's doing great. Um, But seeing her and her success with IT and cybersecurity, I was like, why not? Um, So, yes, finance was the initial motivating factor to get started. Um, As I started upskilling with the certifications, I just realized, like, I was just a nerd dork altogether. Like, you know, I already built my own gaming PC, bought all the parts, put it together, watch some, watch some YouTube videos. But that was like back in 2017. Um, but again, why did I choose cyber? The initial commitment was financial. As I started going through the motions and getting more certifications and getting more skills, it just worked out that I didn't hate it. So I stuck with it. Um, I also enjoyed networking. I also enjoyed cloud. So I guess, I guess 
a spinoff of of this question is for all the all the people who are getting into IT as well. How do you pick and narrow down what you want to do? Um, I did not come up with this. This is I, I learned this, but it's called the law of inversion. You're trying to beat your head and and funnel down what it is you want to do. I'm saying reverse that. Let's first figure out what you don't want to do. For example, me. Um, doing all the research and starting to get the certifications, I realized pretty quickly that I'm probably not going to be a programmer or developer. That stuff did not look or sound sexy or interesting at all to me. Um, networking, cloud, cybersecurity was all on the table, was all good to go for me. So, um, and I just happened to pick cybersecurity first because I had a firsthand, um, a, a, a firsthand view into it through my sibling, through my sister. Nice. And, you know, that's, that's very common, I think, in the field. Um, nowadays, you know, for me, so personally, I was introduced to networking at a very young age. My high school had a Cisco CCNA course and, um, I, I graduated high school. High school. Man. Yeah. I graduated man. high school with a CCNA. Now, uh, this, what? this was back Wait. in the day that where CCNA was pretty much guaranteed job placement, but, at the time I graduated, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I started going mm-hmm. to college and dropping out of college because just college wasn't for me. Um, I was too young, too interested in girls, whatever. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, when I finally came back around to deciding, hey, I want to be in tech, but what do I want to do in tech? I looked back at what I did in networking in high school and realized, man, I really enjoyed that. I want to get into networking. Uh, so very similar. I had zero experience. Um, you know, at the time I had actually no certifications because my CCNA had expired. Um, I was studying for the A plus, but I didn't have it and landed a job as an IT support specialist. And, uh, when I started there, I was, just doing simple things like resetting uh, AD passwords, resetting emails, stuff like that. By the time I left that company two years later, I was designing the complete IT infrastructure for all our brand new hotels. I was like meeting with the the architects and the the building, uh, the site managers, and just, you know working on the blueprints. And I got a, it was so cool because I got to see it conceptually all the way from groundbreak to grand opening and i was there on site like i was racking and stacking the switches and stuff uh, so it was super cool and then you know covid hit and i had to move back uh to be closer to family and uh you know i was like i really like networking i want to stick in this field and end up getting a job at an isp working in their knock quickly within my just after my 90 days got promoted to director of network operations and uh, the, the rest is history from there. So three years in, I was able to hit that director level role. Uh, so it just kind of goes to show you if you're determined and, you know, have your mindset on something, it is completely achievable despite of, you know, your, your experience or certifications and stuff. Wow, man. That's incredible. Yeah. So at so this be- point, you still do not have your degree and you basically don't have any active certifications. Hey, we'll get right back into the conversation here in a second, but I want to talk about something crucial. AI is reshaping our business world and the cybersecurity landscape. As AI speeds up our workflows and opens new frontiers, it also brings complex challenges, especially when it comes to cyber threats. These are becoming more sophisticated and the stakes are higher than ever. 
AI has created a new form of cyber threats and is lowering the bar for novice cyber criminals while increasing the potential pool of threat actors. At the forefront of this battle is Palo Alto Networks. They are using AI to combat these AI-enhanced threats. With their cutting-edge machine learning models, they offer near-real-time detection and prevention of cyber threats. From DNS hijacking to securing AI applications from the design phase, Palo Alto Networks is redefining cybersecurity. To accomplish this, they introduced Precision AI powered by Palo Alto Networks, a proprietary artificial intelligence system designed to enhance security operations across multiple dimensions. So if you're intrigued how AI can safeguard your digital space, head over to Palo Alto Networks and discover how Precision AI automates detection, prevention, and remediation with industry-leading accuracy. Okay, now back to the interview. I have this A plus that's right here. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. And then I have a, a Cisco Meraki certification, which isn't nice. really relevant to my job because we're a Juniper <laughs> environment. Yeah. Uh, I am working on a couple certifications though. I'm I'm working towards my Linux plus. I mean, I've been working towards it for about a year just because life has been so crazy right now. But mm-hmm. uh, I am working on building some certifications, uh, some Juniper certifications and stuff like that as well. Cool. So, so. Uh, before we we were hopped on the show, we were talking about you know your journey and stuff. And one of the things you mentioned is learning the HR side and resume writing. Do you mind kind of touching base on what you learned in your process and some of the tips you have for others? Guys, I can go on for hours about HR recruiting. Um, the the net net of it is you have to peer into the perspective of the organization and stop thinking about you 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 now. You need to remember that organizations are a business. They have a budget. They have a business need. And that's why the role is open for you in the first place. So understand that when we're trying really to really good advice. Yeah. Understand that when you're trying to write your resume, you are marketing and selling yourself to an organization that has a need. So everything from the top down should be just screaming impact should be screaming skills should be screaming. I am an asset. Um, so from, from the top down, um, your resume, your resume, let me just get this light on, make it a little bit brighter. No worries. Your resume should from the research that I've done, but then also with my success, your resume, especially because we're, we're, more more than likely going to be entry level. Someone like yourself, Dakota, I think it would be a little bit more appropriate to have a longer resume, maybe three pages, because you're at that director level. You're I would call, you know, where you are, you're more like senior level in your overall IT career. You want to hear something crazy? I've I've actually managed to condense my resume down to a single page. And uh that yeah, I used to actually have a two page um and a longer resume and I found Mm -hmm. myself like I was applying for all these jobs, but I wasn't getting callbacks. So I'm like, okay, time to completely trash that resume and rebuild it. And yeah. I was able to rewrite it to a, a single page. And, you know, this isn't perfect for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as I rewrote that resume and started really laser focusing on my skills, I just started getting hit with all these requests for interviews. So that's nice. a big tip. I'm sorry. I just didn't want to pass yeah. over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and the reason we are saying limited to maybe one or two pages is because both the recruiter 
and the hiring manager, the person who actually pulls the trigger and says, get them on board, send the offer letter. These two people are looking at and reading through and glossing over hundreds, if not thousands of resumes. And I don't know if the statistic is true, but they say uh, on average, they're going to look at your resume for about six seconds. And if you don't capture their attention in those six seconds, well, you're going to be thrown into the no pile. So absolutely. And I, and I can attest to that because I, I'm in charge of hiring in the network operations center. I'm currently going, you guys through, go listen to this, yeah, listen to I, this I'm going <laughs> through uh, a process of hiring a network technician. And, you know, I've received six and seven page resumes and I can guarantee you, I didn't read that whole thing through. I, right. I skimmed over it. I looked to see if there's any like pertinent skills. And mm-hmm. if I didn't find those skills within like the first five seconds, I'm not reading anymore on to the next because I have hundreds of applicants. I got to skim through that Mm -hmm. all are interested in this job. So that's that information is gold. You have to I would say you have to hold the hiring manager's hand. You have to walk them through and guide them like don't be afraid to bold like like if you're looking at their job uh you know uh, posting and there is a skill that is super important that they're looking for that you have. Go ahead and put it on in bold on Hold your resume. It, underline it and just <laughs> exactly yeah. go crazy. Because they're going to see that and I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to just you know go ahead and approve that person for an interview. So yep. absolutely, again, I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but no. you know that's that's yeah. key advice there. So one to two pages because we are trying to maximize the chances of a recruiter and the hiring manager read it. Now, what this forces you because you're limiting it to one to two pages is that. Every single square inch of your resume has to have the highest impact vocabulary, skills. Uh, you are selling yourself. So if it's not high impact, high priority, get it out of there. So let's let's get, you know, for example, um, for whatever reason, of, of, you know, people new into the IT industry, typically you're only going to have like your certifications or your degree even. And they try to put that first. I am telling you guys, on average, from what I've seen, your degree means jack squat. Put it on the second page or or put it at the bottom. Your projects, your work experience, and your certifications come way before your degree. Um, 100%. Absolutely. What order exactly is kind of like nitpicky, um, but so your projects and probably work experience should probably be the absolute first. And again, your vocabulary and your sentences have to show impact and objective metrics is, is, is the key here. Don't just go through a whole bullet list of, Hey, these are the duties that I did at my job. Negative. For example, me with my IT support role, I can say, uh, supported an infra- uh, enterprise environment, uh, changing password resets and da, 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 da. Or I can say, um, Senior IT support analysts supporting 800,000 employees with 30,000 uh, endpoints in production. You know, those numbers, That's those are actually pretty dang true numbers. My last employer was a huge, enormous company, and we did have about 30,000 endpoints. <laughs> but um, the numbers and metrics make what you're saying much more impactful. And it, 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 it just screams, I am an asset, or I can handle, or I got this done. As opposed to, hey, this is my job. I got this done. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> another thing with the, so the other thing that I list, uh, I mentioned was readability and bullet points. Guys, 
you guys know this yourself. Like we don't like reading just a paragraph of, of text. Ideally having proper spacing and proper bullet points helps immensely with glossing and skimming. Um, impact. I, we said, we said one to two pages, uh, max, Put first things first, the high impact things like your job experience, your projects. Uh, now that I mentioned projects, guys, make it sound sexy and alluring. Again, we are trying to sell and attract and, and get their attention. So people will say like cybersecurity home lab. And I'm like, oh, man, like you couldn't have just make it sound something <laughs> cool, like something cool, like Microsoft, Microsoft Azure Sentinel Detection Lab. Now we're talking a little bit. You you mentioned Microsoft, you mentioned Azure, you, you mentioned Sentinel, and you said it was a, a detection lab. Now I have a, a at least a quick idea of what you got done. And also it makes me want to more likely read it into the granularity of this guy said Sentinel detection lab. This is cool. I don't know what he's talking about. You know, is it more, more, and, uh, you know, endpoint detection and response? Is it more Sims? Let, let's, let's look into it. Let's read it. Furthermore, it would make sense that when you go to list your skills, because we listed the projects, because we listed the job experience, and because we listed the certifications first, now that towards the end, when we say, hey, key skills, key strengths, it's not like just wishy-washy, like, oh, Dakota, anybody can say, I know um, Microsoft Azure. But the fact that I listed my AZ 900 first, and then I say Microsoft Azure is a, a, a proficiency of mine, it, it holds more weight and it, and it makes more sense. So oh, absolutely. that was 100%. just that was just on the resume itself. Now, getting crazy into the weeds of like the re the recruiting side, um, there's so many little neat tricks here and there that I uh, that I've used myself, and you can't really objectify and say how much of an impact it holds, but. You just do it and you, truthfully, there, there is an aspect of luck and patience involved. So let, I've heard this. Don't apply on like a Friday evening, Saturday or Sunday because the recruiter is probably not working right then. Um, mornings is kind of the best. Monday morning specifically because that's when they're getting back into the office and your application should be top of the line. Again, I don't know how much weight that truly holds, but it's something worth I considering that. trying. No, and, and I absolutely can see that because I, I kind of look at, you know, my past experience and you gotta, you gotta realize a lot of times these job postings, the company is paying per applicant sometimes, um, you know, upwards of like $50 a person who applies and they're getting hundreds of applicants. They're not going to want to pay thousands of dollars just in a job listing. So, you know, if I have something come in on late on a Friday, you know, by Monday, if I don't, you know, decide to move on with that person, I'm going to get charged. So I'm just going to give it probably a quicker skim over than I would on Monday where I'm going to actually read into their resume because, you know, coming in fresh, relaxed from the weekend, you know, I'm not stressed about what's going on. I'm going to actually dive deeper into that. So I can see the, the logic behind that. That's a little neat trick. Uh, thank you for that, Dakota, mentioning your, your, actual like internal hiring experience. So that was a nice little neat trick, but moving onward to like the actual meat and potatoes. Um, just like we did the research about it and cybersecurity in general of what I should do and how to get into the industry. We do the same research of how to write the resume, how to interview and the job 
guys, the company, the organization, the job. Yes. Hey, guys, <laughs> if we're trying to get into cybersecurity, we should all kind of know this term, OSINT, O-S-I-N-T, open source intelligence. This is, this is the type of stuff we're, we're talking about, how like it, it doesn't take too much of your time or energy to put the company into a Google search or look them up on LinkedIn and find other, find the recruiter, find the IT director, find employees who are already in that company. You never know. You might uncover something like, Ooh, damn, I don't want to work for that company. Yeah. 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 Um, big, big key takeaways when we're doing this research is side note, don't forget Google and YouTube because there's so many, just like Dakota, we can find other YouTube channels, podcasts, interviews with hiring managers and recruiters, and they tell you what they're looking for as well. But I had to do the research of what matters. What are, what are, let's say the, uh, the CISO, what, what are CISOs looking for when they're trying to hire a cybersecurity analyst? I had to do this research so that you understand the key skills, the keywords, and how you can better sell yourself on the resume and at the interview. So, so I was saying, doing the research about what they want so that we can better, we can better write the resume to appeal to them. Another way to do this is guys, we should be looking at numerous job roles and job listings and descriptions, and we should be taking notes of like five to 10 of the common, the top common uh, denominators of everything that they're listing. Like if I look at five or 10 different cybersecurity analysts, SOC analysts, by the way, those are basically the same thing. Uh, don't don't get caught up with these uh, <laughs> terminology. Just like if I say oh, IT yeah. help desk, IT support technician, IT support systems engineer, they're, they're they're kind of all the same thing. So get used to that with IT with just these uh, the exact same but different actual vocabulary. But Absolutely. you know that's why we got to dig deep into the, the weeds and actually look at the job description and, and the tools and the responsibilities. But if five or ten cybersecurity or SOC, uh, cybersecurity analyst or SOC analyst roles are listing Splunk as a SIM, then God, guys, God damn it, learn Splunk and put it on your resume. Um, by the way, I have a Splunk certification, the, the core certified user, the entry one. And I, all three of the companies that, that reached out to me, they were all unanimously uh, impressed with my certifications and um, all of them were applicable to the position. So, this is the this is the type of stuff I'm talking about, guys, with doing the research. We did the research on the IT side, on the cybersecurity side, about trying to like plan out our career path and how to get in. We also have to do the same exact and level of research with the resume, with the application, with the interview, with the organization, so that you can do everything you can to maximize your chances of, of probability and chances of uh, of get making it to the hiring interview and then also getting the offer letter. Absolutely. This is, this is like gold. There's so much good advice in here and you guys definitely need to be taking notes on this because everything is just, it's, it's, it's the truth. And I don't think people realize that. Um, now I want to dive in while we're talking about the, the hiring process, the, the value of LinkedIn, because I think a lot of people just starting out in the field don't realize how valuable of an asset having a very well-made LinkedIn profile is. Uh, do you mind kind of going into that a bit? Yes, guys. So I understand from you guys as well. I'm a, I'm a little bit more of the introvert background, uh, you know, the gamer, the nerd, the nerd, the, the, the geek. Um, getting 
active on LinkedIn might be really uncomfortable for a lot of you. Um, it, you're, you're, you're totally going out of your comfort zone. You're trying to socialize. You're trying to network. What, man, what are we talking about? And truthfully, I think it's something that you just have to do. Strap, lace your boot, boots up and, and get to work. Why? Because it is competitive getting into the IT industry in general, but especially cybersecurity. So getting into LinkedIn, guys, uh, at the time that the three companies reached out to me and I finally got my offer letter, I already had over 2,000 followers on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm trying to reassure you guys and comfort you guys right now. I am not like a professional, uh, professional content creator. Like Dakota is over here. I, I don't, I don't have a YouTube channel. I wasn't like posting a minimum of like three to five times per week on my Twitter, on my LinkedIn, on my, on my Facebook, on my Instagram and my YouTube channel. Like I just kind of documented my journey. Um, for example, um, posting and sharing every time I finish a certification. That's pretty easy, but that's also fun because, you know, people clap for you and kind of cheer for you. And that's great. Um, every time I did a like a lab on Try Hack Me on Blue Team Labs, uh, Blue Team Labs Online or Cyber Defenders, there's so many learning platforms. But every time we get a little lab done, a challenge room, whatever you want to call it, uh, take a screenshot and just make a little write up about what tools you use, what you learned 100%. and share that. And this sounds super cheesy, but. Every Saturday, funny, we're doing this podcast on a Saturday, tons of cybersecurity, not just cybersecurity, but kind of cringe to say this, but basically LinkedIn influencers, basically anybody with more than 5,000 followers, there's a high chance that they're going to do something called like a social Saturday and they hashtag it and everything. And all they're trying to really do is just encourage anyone and everyone to make a comment, comment on other people's um, comments as well. And really just send connections with everyone. Basically, just speak up and get active about who you are, what you're doing, and try to meet and speak to other people. Yes, this is a little bit of a time commitment. And that, that's the net net. Of, that's the truth. Getting the job is almost like a part-time job in and of itself. Doing the research, doing the applications, doing the LinkedIn networking and, and social media. Absolutely, freaking lutely it. It, it is work, but guys, so it vital. is so worth it. It is so worth it. Absolutely. Because you, nobody can hire you if they don't know you exist, guys. So you yep. have to get yourself out there. Um, and we and, were just talking and, about LinkedIn, but there's also like in-person network events too. So Absolutely. And it's so often in tech. And I, to be honest with you, I really get frustrated that it's this way. But it is the truth and we have to deal with it because it's, a lot of times it's not what you know. It's who you know. If you build those connections, like I know people who, you know, have, you know, thousands of followers on LinkedIn and have real genuine connections with just people in the tech industry. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, during these trying times and stuff, when layoffs are happening and stuff, they got laid off within 24 hours of just putting out there, hey, I just lost my job, you know, layoffs mm -hmm. and stuff. They had job offers, not job interviews. They had job offers, three different job offers because they had gone out and these people knew how valuable this individual was and couldn't wait to possibly have an opportunity to have them on their team. Yeah. Um, so again, go out and make those connections because you never know what, you know, a connection that you made like five years ago with someone that you just casually, you know, kept them up to date with what you're doing might lead to. 
And guys, be genuine when we're when we're doing this. So again, it, it, it's it is it does take time. It does take a little bit of energy. But don't forget the open reconnaissance and the OSINT that we mentioned before, guys. Before just sending a a connection request, let's say to like Dakota. Hey Dakota, I'm a I'm a college graduate. I got my bachelor's degree and blah blah blah. And can you help me get a job? It's like. Do you even know who I am? I don't even know who you are. Why would I help you? Like, it's not a real in-person interaction. Now, yeah. if you message somebody like Dakota and you say something like, "Hey, Mr. Dakota, uh, I re- I watch your 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 latest podcast channel. You know, I've been binge watching your YouTube channel and blah 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 blah. I'm just super interested in this and a third, and just make it a genuine conversation and interaction." Gary V. Mentioned this before. He had a book called Punch. Uh, it was like jab, 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 hook. And basically, what he's saying is, give, 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 and then after a certain point, you you're finally at the point where you can ask and t- and take. So when you're reaching out to people, especially as they're following, as they're following is there, it should be very either neutral or you're trying to give to them. It could be so simple as just a compliment. Hey, Dakota, loved your loved your last uh, podcast interview. The guest was super interesting because X, Y, and Z. I really resonated because of X, Y, and Z. And you know, it, it just it'll brighten your day and make the, the the human element to the social media rather than just hey, I need a job. Here's my here's my resume. Can you help me? I from 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 everyone from the recruiters from the hiring managers. I've never seen or heard that work. Hey, I'm desperate. Please help me. It doesn't work. No. No, and, uh, you know, I get those messages all the time. Like, hey, you know, I- I'm trying to get into the career, and I just don't know what to do, and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, you know, are, are you looking for advice? You know, what, you know, I can't just, you know, blindly help you, and, you know, um, then I won't get a reply. Like, they forget mm-hmm. they messaged me or something. Um, and I can tell exactly what they're doing. They're just blasting out a bunch of messages to as many possible possible people and hoping something sticks. Um, you know, I've had people just reach out to me that I've had absolutely no conversation with and say, Hey, I need a job. Would you pay for me to go get the certification? And I'm like, dude, this is like your first interaction with me. I don't even know you. Why would I cough up my own money to pay for your certification? Like I can emphasize a little bit, you know, times are hard and stuff, but on the same hand, like do a little bit of an introduction with me first. You know what I mean? And one more thing to add on this exact topic, guys, this is human nature, but people like to help those who are already helping themselves. What do I mean? I mean, if you're already an action taker and you're already trying things, now people are more inclined to help you. Let me give you the exact rundown of this. Someone like me, now that I'm in the cybersecurity uh, industry, people hit me up all the time and they're like, hey, so... I want to get into cybersecurity. What should I do? What search should I get? And it's like, you're asking me such a blanket, broad question that you could have Googled or YouTubed. Why are you wasting this? Not to like get on my high horse and say like, oh, I'm like the queen of England or something. And I'm so important and, you know, don't waste my time. But I'm saying this, this will go to help you as well when you're finally got your butt in the seat and your your IT support, your your assist admin, you're in cybersecurity, uh, your cyber cybersecurity analyst. 
guys, help yourself first before you go ask for help. This is very military-esque as well. We don't just come to your, by the way, I was a United States Marine Corps veteran. Um, we never thank just- you for your service. Thank you, thank you. I always like, Absolutely. don't even know how to reply when, when I hear that. No, but, no, I really appreciate it. Like our superior uh, ranking officers and enlisted, they would always say like, excuse me for the profanity, you know, military, we just use profanity, but like, don't come to me bitch moaning, complaining about anything if you don't have a solution, <laughs> right? So don't come with me with problems, come with me with solutions. And that's very synonymous with, um, with what I'm saying now is like, if you're going to come to me and ask me, Hey, what's the roadmap? Just give it to me, just silver platter. And it's like, I see that you didn't even try to help yourself first. It, there's a different level of impact when you come to me, Hey, David, how do I get into cybersecurity? As opposed to, Hey, David, um, I did a little bit of research about how to get in, how to best get into cybersecurity. I already have my A plus. What do you think I should be doing next? Now I see that. Oh, this dude's an action taker. This dude's already tried to help himself, already tried to do a little bit of research, and he, he's already got the ball rolling. It, it's a very different uh, dynamic when I see that you've already put in a little bit of time, energy, and effort. I'm much more willing to help you. And that's just blanket statement, human nature in general. Absolutely. And I'm going to take that even one step further. And just in general, you know, in these situations, you have one shot to make that first impression. And if you don't make a good first impression, I can almost guarantee you the rest of your interactions, it's going to be so hard to recover from that. You're not going to have a good connection there where if you come off of that very first impression, like just wowing the person that you're talking to and like, wow, this person's actually interested. They've done the time. They've done the research. They've done all the hard leg work. I'm going to try to help them out as much as I can. Um, like you said, people in tech, just in tech in general are just naturally typical, like 99% of people I've ran across are willing to help you out. If you have a question or something there, it's just, it's just part of, I think, I'm trying to think of the right word, part of our creed almost, you could say yeah. that, you know, we've all been there. We've all gone through the process and we want to definitely help you out, but just don't come to us with like, Hey, I want to get in cybersecurity. What do I need to do? I'm like, what, what part of cybersecurity do you want to get into? There's like, it's a scary question. Tasks. It's, it's a yeah. really scary and just, it, it's a, it's a crazy question because you give me no context. It's like, I don't know your personality. I don't know any of your background context. What jobs have you held in the past? Do you have any IT secure, uh, uh, experience? Um, and, and guys, Broad questions get broad answers. Like, you know nothing, you know, you know almost nothing about me. I know almost nothing about you. How could I even like morally, ethically give you an accurate answer? How It'd be can very I help disingenuous you? of me, you know? Yeah. Like, how can I help you if you don't even know what you want? You know, um, you, you have to get that figured out first. So, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. Now, you know, we've been talking a lot about getting hired or getting, mm -hmm. um, about applying, I should say, applying yeah. and all, you know, the process of, you know, getting to the interview. Let's go into the interviewing. You know, what tips do you have when you're looking to start interviewing for these uh, positions and you start getting the requests to come in for interview? What advice do you have for people? Um, so first things first is, you know, how it kind of goes is they're, they're obviously going to try to schedule with you. Um, Guys, speed matters, speed matters. So 
I tried to clear and make it happen as soon as possible because momentum matters. But also on the recruiting side, they have their quotas. They have to have uh, qualified candidates in seats like on a time frame. So the minute you get hit back, it's like dude, pick up that phone call, send the email, message them back on LinkedIn, whatever, whatever, whatever. But be available, be ready and be available and schedule it as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Don't like schedule it a month, a, a week or, or next week out. No, as soon as possible. Um, back to what you were saying about first impressions, guys, that all the military folks should already know this, but we always arrive being on time. You're already late. So if we say nine o'clock, your butt should already be there ready to go by 845. Um, that carries over a lot to every aspect in real life, not just military, not just interviewing, showing up on time for the job, whatever, whatever. But yes, obviously, guys, don't be late Absolutely. to the interview. That's yeah, a bad I mean, impression. I, I understand life happens sometimes, but when someone shows up late and like doesn't even have a decent excuse or or something, like I'm instantly like I'm pretty well tuned out for the entire interview because if you're not willing to show up for that very first interaction to make that very first good impression. It goes back to, you only have one shot to mm -hmm. make this first impression. Right. What, what does that say for the type of worker you're going to be? Are you not going to be showing up on time when it's, you know, if I offer you a position? So yeah, absolutely. More with the first impression is that we spoke about timeliness. Now, what about presentation? Like Dakota, this is my first time talking to you face to face, but it's like, I was early on time. I had my haircut. I had my shave. Uh, I'm wearing, you know, a college shirt, whatever. Um, I didn't just hop out of bed, didn't brush my teeth and in pajamas. So in the same exact uh, thought pattern, when you're there at the interview, guys, at least like business casual and, and you know, already have the eye crust out and, uh, you know, get your coffee or whatever already, <laughs> because like you, you don't want to look fluff. This is also for you with your calmness and peace of mind and your anxiety that, okay, I'm ready. I got everything good to go. I'm not scrambling at the last second and already kind of on the defensive because I feel bad that I'm already late or I don't look as good as I do. You, sh you guys should already be pre-planning all of this. This is like simple time management stuff that as adults, guys, we, we, we can't. You need to already be figuring this stuff out on your own. This is ridiculous if we have to like talk about this. It's ridiculous because how competitive the industry is. Those high salaries are there, but it is competitive. So understand that, that you're going to have to come with your A game and little simple stuff like being on time and being well-dressed and, and being well-groomed. Guys, this is a joke if we have to talk about this, but yes, get it handled. Um, now at the actual interview, um, in general, I've also done a lot of research from uh, recruiters and hiring managers about what they do and don't like. So this, again, these guys, these are all like, chances of increasing your your closing rate not like perfect like universal laws but in general don't be confrontational do not be confrontational let's say they say something oh about gosh, the yes. uh, let's, let's <laughs> say they offer a low starting rate guys do not be confrontational you have to have that tact you have to have kind of that that corporate speak and stay positive stay energetic stay enthusiastic for example um, I saw the job listing was $30 an hour. Dakota comes back at me with 25. Hey, Mr. Dakota, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this offer letter. I'm really excited about this position. Um, although 
you know, $25 an hour was a little bit beneath what I was uh, expecting for my abilities and, and what we spoke about for the, for the roles and the duties. Um, and the reason I bring this up as, as an issue of mine is just because I'm so excited to get started with the company. I don't want um, the relationship being soured because I am uh, un, un, I'm unhappy with the compensation. So I'd really like to move forward and, and start start our relationship off on the on the right foot. Uh, I just like to um, I I, w- I would require thirty dollars an hour to to begin. I kept it level headed. You know that that yeah. that punches you in the gut when you're like, we what what happened? We spoke about X Y Z. Why are you coming back at me with twenty five dollars? You mother effer and this that and the third. And you want to go? You just want to instantly react and I've get had emotional. that happen to me and like. That's just an instant kill. Like it's just like, an instant kill, and like now I see how you react a little bit under pressure, under under a little bit of conflict. You 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 lose your cool. You're you're unable to think clearly. You're acting totally irrational and emotional. Like forget everything else. Now it's like now I kind of see your true colors about your your social skills, and it's like that can't fly in any setting. Don't even like let's not even talk about cybersecurity, but just any setting that that's unacceptable. So. Staying cool, staying tact, uh, you know, having that tact with your with your with your body language, with your tonality. Um, and that's going to be very hard to do, guys, but you're going to have to be comfortable with being patient and taking a breather and having some awkward silence moments. Like, for example, I rehearsed that 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 response so I could just like pull it right out. But let's say I wasn't really prepared for that and Dakota just hit me with that five dollars beneath what I originally expected. Just smile, take it, take it, take a deep breath. Thank you, Mr. Dakota. Can you just give me a moment and let me just think about this? This is a very big decision for me. Um very pivotal moment in my career. And um I just have to, you know, you can buy t- yourself time on the spot at the interview or you can do something more of like um Thank you so much. Uh, this is a bit, very big decision for me. Um, I'd like to take this with me and 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 think about it for the next one to two days, um, if that's okay. Because I just don't want to make a, a rash uh, or quick, hasty decision. Something along those lines. Buy yourself time so that you can process, sit, think, and 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 just be rational and logical, and and come back to that baseline reset that I'm not emotionally charged anymore because like. This dude just gave me a disgusting, insulting uh, offer number, you know? Yeah. Now, now let's go ahead and step further because I know this sometimes happens. Okay. You know, let's, let's run like through, like we're doing this. I'm interviewing. I'm offering you the position. All right. So um, what, what do you, how do you address it? Where like you, you ask for time and they're like, you know, we really got to have an answer today. Okay. No, like back to the, back to the tact, back to the tact guys have to stay calm and be tactful. So Dakota is saying he's, the company is pressuring me to be urgent, sense of urgency. Yes, Mr. Dakota, uh, I understand. Thank you. Again, I'm very excited for this for this opportunity, and I thank you for your time. Um, I understand that you may be a little bit of a time crunch, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to accommodate. But uh, again, I'm just going to respectfully request one to two days of, of thought. Um, this is a very big decision for me. Um, it's, you know... I, I plan to be with this company for the long term, and I don't want to make a irrational decision that may sour the relationship or start us off on the wrong foot. So uh, gracefully, I, I'm requesting, you know, 
little bit of time, like one to two days, just to just to really go through the entire offer letter, uh, look at all the benefits, look at all the job roles and responsibilities so that I can make sure that I'm making the best decision for both for the both of us entering into this into this business relationship. Yeah. You hold your ground, you hold your ground, you stay, you keep your level tone, you hold your ground. And it is kind of a weird, like back and forth of like, wait, so I said, I need time. Dakota comes back and says, make it fast. I come back again and I stay exactly the same. I heard you. Thank you. I'm super, I'm super excited and energetic and, and happy about this, but I still need time basically is how I replied. And guys, like you only need to do this two or three times. It's not going to be emotional, childish back and forth. Like, no, I can't give you the time. I need the time. No, I can't give you the time. Like, that's not how it works. Um, And from just my overall experience, I, I haven't seen employers push to infinity of like, yeah, sign the dotted line now. I've never seen that. So yes. Yeah. No, and you know, it's, you know, a big piece of advice and it's, it's going to be hard, especially if you've never worked in the field and this is like your first job offer, there's something about knowing your self-worth on mm-hmm. the same hand, you know, um, don't undervalue yourself. If you know, you have the skills and experience and, you know, this company's coming in with a low ball offer and stuff. Sometimes, I mean, I hate to say it, but sometimes that's an indication on how, the business relationship is going to be for you going for years. You know, it, it is a business, you know, this is nothing personal. They are, you know, some businesses just don't have the budget. Um, and so, and I hate to say it, but some of them use these sneaky tactics, this bait and switch kind of where they put a big number out there on the job posting, but they're all along. They've only planned on paying this person a certain amount of dollars. Um, so there's power in saying, you know, I'm sorry, but you know that we couldn't come to a, an agreement on salary. But I, I know my, I know where I have to be to be happy in this relationship. And you know, um, this unfortunately doesn't appear that it's going to work out. You know, it's a loaded situation you just brought up, Dakota. So I think to to start it off comes back to the research we spoke about in, in earlier about guys. You have to research what the the skills are, what the we got to speak about averages, right? So go on salary.com, Glassdoor. There's so many websites about transparent salaries, but you should understand what a tier one analyst or any other position, but let's, since we're you know already speaking about cybersecurity, a tier one analyst in the US, I don't care what the state is, tier one analyst on the low end is like 50,000. That is like, that is bad. That's super so low. Yeah. I don't recommend, I made 50,000 at my IT support job. So I, I don't recommend you guys putting in all the work, time and energy to get into cybersecurity for 50. Um, and on the high end, kind of almost unicorn and 90, 95, you rarely ever see hundred K salaries. Hey, if you're in one of these super expensive cities like New York, uh, California, then yeah, uh, six figure salaries as a level one analyst exists, but the fact that we had to do that prior research to understand what the pay range is so that you can better ensure that you don't get you don't get shafted and get underpaid and undervalued. Why does this matter? Because I know you guys are new into IT. You're trying to get your first job. You're trying to get your foot in the door. Um, some of you guys might have bills and, and debt to pay. You're in a very difficult, stressful, almost desperate situation. And you're just like, I Absolutely. just need to get my foot in the door. 
Yeah, and and your your gut reaction is it's, it's just a job. Just get the job. Get the money. Just get the in. job. Right. But it's it's not always the best career decision because right. you're not going to be happy. You're not going to stick mm-hmm. around a long time, and you're going to end up starting to job hop quicker or look for other jobs mm-hmm. and probably make another bad decision again. Mm-hmm. It's like this never ending cycle. Right. Um, instead of staying somewhere for like at least a year or two and building that experience and that looks a lot better on the resume. And you said something really good because like. That that's not not just with the accepting the job offer, but this is like almost everything in life. Do it right the first time or you're going to have to fix it and do it again and spend more time and energy just to fix up the, the bad decision in the first place. So what Dakota was saying is we understand that you might feel the financial pressure and, and the anxiety and stress of like just, oh, my God, I'm so happy. I just, I just got the offer that I'll just take it and stick here for six months to a year and then I'll job hop. That is a decision you can make. But what me and Dakota are saying is take a pause and breathe and think about this because we've also seen it to a high degree that you're going to be very, you're setting yourself up for failure. Why? Because you're going to know you're underpaid. The amount of work that they're putting on you, you know you're underpaid. It will get to you mentally. Yeah, you're happy right now that like, oh my God, I'm off the job market and I can start making money and getting paid. Guys, you will be almost disgruntled that, oh my God, I'm here, I'm working the job, I'm doing all these different roles and and projects and tasks, and they keep throwing more on me. And I already knew I entered underpaid. So now it's almost like you're starting to become hostile and and disgruntled towards your employer because you you already started off on the wrong foot back to that. I want to, I want to make sure that the relationship starts off on the right foot. Um, so now you're going to be waking up dreading going to your job. That's not what we want. That's not what we need. Guys, just getting the first position is not the end all be all. And you still need to do continued weeks, months, years of continued learning. And if you get your first, doesn't have to be cybersecurity position, but if you get your first position and you're already hating it, what's your, what's your energy going to be like coming home and now what Dave Dakota is you're telling me I got to study for more certs to level up. I got to, I got to go do more. Try hack me to, to level up and no, screw that. I'm already dead and pissed off from my job. Guys, you're setting yourself up from, for failure, entering a, every relationship is a partnership. Every partnership is a relationship. You guys are signing up when you get a job, you are, you are accepting to the, to the terms and agreement that, Hey, my skills and value are are worth this much to you and the organization. So you are kind of doing business, accepting, right, and signing that contract and accepting that job. You're starting off the business relationship on a really bad foot. You're screwing yourself. You're going to end up having a nasty relationship with the employer. And yeah, you're going to be right back on the job market. Um, not, not saying I'm unemployed, but you're going to be right back on the job market searching for the next position. So it's, it's not a 100% like yes or no or which way. Like I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying think about it very hard and long of whether before you just I'll accept it and, and work it and, and do six months to a year before I'll job hop again. Think about it of is it really worth it versus getting getting my first position, getting a position and getting it on the right foot. Really, truly Absolutely. sit there and think about it. Yeah. And, you know, you, you bring up a good point and, you know, there, there's several things you need to consider when you're thinking about like just salary in general too, because like, I'm going to give my, my instance, for example, 
So I'm a director of network operations and I make a decent salary. I a hundred percent know I can make a crap ton more money salary wise elsewhere, but there's other factors I have considered. And that's why I stay. Uh, my health insurance is 100% paid for out of pocket. That's a large expense, depending on the organization. I've worked at companies where I was paying over a thousand dollars a month for health insurance alone. The uh, whole family. And yeah, for the whole family gotcha, here, gotcha. they pay for my whole family a hundred percent. That's like an extra thousand dollars in my pocket. You know, if you view it nice. that way, you can view yep. it that way. Also, my employer pays for my retirement. I don't put anything personally into my retirement. My employer contributes 10% of my annual salary into my retirement without me dropping a penny into it. That's wow. free money there, mm-hmm. free tax-free money there. So um, there's those things to consider. And then also, I really enjoy my company. We are a very small organization. We are a tight-knit team. Mm-hmm. My opinion matters, you know, and... You know, if I go elsewhere, that I'm I'm not likely to find an organization where I'm going to be that well of a, a fit. You know what yeah. I mean? It's 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 a risk to take that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I I really enjoy where I'm at. And you know, by the time you add up the the retirement and the healthcare and all the other perks of the job, I make well more than I'd be making elsewhere you know, get a higher salary minus those things that I'm going to end up having to pay for. So just, just a, a bit of advice when you're sitting back and thinking about that salary. And that's why I think it's so great to, you know, if they come back with a number you're not happy with, tell them you need 24 hours to think it over. Tell them you need a day or two because, and also ask those questions about, you know, what does um, the benefit package look like as well? That way you can take all these things into consideration and make sure you're going to be truly happy with the decision you make. Right. So to add on to this topic more, when, when you're, you're breaking it down, let's, let's say we're at the point where we're doing apples to apples. You have two organizations and you're trying to break it down, which one to go with. Guys, there's a lot more to think about, like Dakota just said, than just the base pay salary. Things like work-life balance. Is, is one full on-site, full-time on-site, or is one like hybrid? Or obviously we all want remote. That's just so luxurious. But things like that that you have to think about. Um, I also think about like the workload and the stress. Not saying I don't want to work when I'm lazy. The point is I know I have so much more work to do. And, and IT and cybersecurity is a never-ending journey. I am happy and I pick and I choose a 40-hour work week as opposed to a possible 50-60 because I also bodybuild. Um, we, we have lives outside of work. Um, if I'm working that long, I don't have the time, energy to go to the gym or to put in more time for I, I the degree too. or can the certifications. You, can't you tell I bodybuild? Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> six pack, man. This guy squats like four or five. Six pack. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much to think about outside of just the base pay salary. Um, spoke about the hybrid spoke about spoke about the benefits do they pay for any do they reimburse you at all for certifications do they reimburse you at all or help pay for schooling these are a lot of things that you really truly do have to break down and think about and which is why it was so important when you were at whether through email or in person that they were trying to pressure you to hurry up and sign that you request for more time you have to think about this stuff you have to think about this stuff you have to really dive deep and and think about just what matters most to you. Uh, uh, 
this is this is all so much gold and you know we're, we're coming up on an hour here and i really want to be respectful of your time do you have any last advice for people that are looking to get started in the field you know if you could go back and tell yourself um a piece of advice when you're starting what advice do you have wow um i don't think i change too much about anything i do but i'd say vet the source of your information and or cross verify it with multiple sources because you guys probably already know there's a lot of say influencers out here on whatever platform who are putting out some pretty bad information when i say bad let's not say bad but it may be inaccurate or maybe untruthful or they might not be telling you the whole picture um for example like myself um i heard and i've heard this from very many respectful people um like not not trashy people neither, but like very respectful people. But I'm just saying I did it and it didn't work for me. I was told don't search stack. You only need one or two and then you should be getting some projects and that should be enough. That did not turn out true for me, especially in cybersecurity, uh, in, in IT general, that that would probably apply in networking. That would probably apply CCNA Palo Alto. I think networking and, and Dakota, you can correct me if I'm wrong, networking, the path of it is quite narrow in terms of the scope of work. And then cloud, I say it is a little bit wider, but it's still more narrow than cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is enormous. Cybersecurity touches like every scope of IT. So I didn't yeah. see that working for me. And again, uh, entering in at this job market during this time was just the most brutal and competitive. So I did that, but I was like, dude, it's not working. So I got to change it up and, and do something. So I went and got more. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think that is actually, you know, it's good advice for that entry level job. It goes back mm -hmm. to you said, you know, what you said in the beginning, cybersecurity isn't an entry level position. Yep. Um, so that advice, I think is good advice. Yeah. I, I don't think you should search stack when you're getting that very first job necessarily, but the best way to look at certifications, certifications are not for the job you currently have. They're for that next job that you want to get. Yeah. Um, and they are absolutely vital, I think, in the right time and place. If you're going to go get your very first job and you have like 30 certifications, I'm going to be a little suspicious of that. I'm going to be like, mm -hmm. you know, why isn't this person bothered to try to apply for a job yet? Right. Where if you have experience Plus all these certifications, I'm like, man, this person's motivated. They really want to get into their dream job. You know, I think they're going to be a great fit because they're going to work really hard here. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and that's that's true for me. Um, yeah, guys, I, I got one certification. I got the IT help this job. And then I search stacked. But yeah. Uh, that, yeah, like you said, that shows that, like, I had the grit and the tenacity to continue to grow upskill and level up. Um, Dakota, I know you've seen it. There's people out here with, like, a master's degree. And they're struggling to get a cybersecurity job. And I'm just like, oh, are you, absolutely. Are you, are you even are you even in IT yet? Like, are you working a help desk role, a system admin, anything? And they're like, no. I'm like, you have a master's and you're unemployed and you're just trying to jump right into cybersecurity. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it doesn't work like that. And maybe you need to look more medium long term and do the two step where you just get into IT first before getting into cyber. Because like we said, cybersecurity is not an entry level field whatsoever. And 
And I'm not trying to discourage people by saying that either. And, you know, it is possible. I've seen it happen. People just jump into straight into cybersecurity, mm-hmm. but it is a long uphill battle. It is super yeah. difficult to do that. Um, so if you, that's what you absolutely want to do, go ahead and do it, but realize you're going to get rejected a lot during the mm-hmm. interview process. You're going to get a lot of, you're not going to get probably even a lot of interviews because, you know, people want someone with a little bit of experience before moving into a cybersecurity role. Again, right. it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of grinding, a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, networking with people. And the the path is so much easier if you, it's kind of a stepping stone path, you know, you know, okay, I'm going to do a year or two at this entry level position while I'm on that entry level position, I'm going to get my certifications. I'm going to get myself ready and prepared for that cybersecurity role. And then that way you're, that's just several things. You're, there's a good chance you're going to be able to jump into a higher level cybersecurity role. I feel if you have at least that little bit of experience instead of just jumping into that super low level cybersecurity position. So, and you're also going to have more room to negotiate your salary too, because mm-hmm. you have experience in the field. So. Mm-hmm. I just think that stepping stone approach has so many benefits than just trying to jump straight into cyber. I agree. I strongly agree. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. If people want to reach out and connect with you and kind of talk to you more and get more advice, where can they find you? Yeah, so I am quite active on some Discord channels and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always visible on LinkedIn. Uh, my, my name is, my first name is David. Last name is H-U-Y-N-H. I have a little nickname. This is on Discord as well, but it's no fatigue, no fatigue, not with like negative N-O. It's no fatigue, K-N-O-W, fatigue. So it's kind of like double entendre play on words. But um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, someone like Dakota inspires me myself to like uh, start my YouTube channel shortly. I don't know what I'm going to be naming that. it yet, neither. But uh, yeah, to put my thoughts out there and help you guys get into the industry as well. But um Discord channels. Uh, I don't know the exact links, but I am most active in uh, his name is Day Day Cyberwalks. Uh, he also has a big YouTube channel, but um, he has a Discord Cyberwalks Academy, and um, yeah, I'm very active in there. Guys, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for taking the time. If you guys have any questions at all, please make sure and leave them down in the comments, and we'll try to get back to you. Again, thank you for watching. Until next time, keep learning.